0: Welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talk to Kurt Phillips, who is one of Canada's leading experts on the Canadian alt-right movement. He's the founder and former lead writer for Anti-Racism Canada, and he's currently a board member of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. Canada Land once said of Phillips that he was hunting Nazis online before it was cool, or at least at a time when finding Nazis in Canada wasn't as easy as turning on the live stream from a protest on Parliament Hill. Experts in online hate, like Phillips, have been very busy lately following the developments of the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, which has now launched several branch convoy protests, including the most recent one on the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor. How did it get this far? That's the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. One cannot help but notice the tone of surprise in the mainstream media coverage, and in the average Canadian, about the level of defiance in people who are anti-COVID-19 restrictions and anti-vaccine mandate. For those of us that have been on the ground covering these issues the last couple of years, it was somewhat less surprising. We have chronicled the tangible links between COVID skepticism, vaccine hesitancy, conspiracy theorists, and far-right actors. We have seen how people angry about COVID-19 restrictions have become often willing pawns of neo-Nazis, Proud Boys, anti-Semites, and other far-right groups who see disaffection with the government as a gateway to their hateful ideology. If you see what's happening in Ottawa and think it's a bunch of ill-informed yahoos making noise, you're only partially right. And no one knows that better than Phillips. Since 2007, Phillips has been scouring the dark corners of the internet and chronicling his efforts to uncover the Nazis and other far-right hate-mongers who used to enjoy some relative anonymity. Of course, Phillips himself used to enjoy anonymity. He used LiveJournal, yes, LiveJournal, to post what he had learned about the far-right, but Phillips himself was doxed, which forced an early end to his blogspot, Anti-Racism Canada, And it also put a face and a name to a man who knew long before the rest of us. Hate is alive in Canada, and it's a growing movement. Phillips now sits as a board member of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, and when he's not working humbly as a history and social sciences teacher in Alberta, he's still a keyboard warrior exposing Canada's far right. And that brings us to this edition of the Guelph Politicast, where Phillips joins us to offer his analysis about what we are seeing In ottawa and beyond and this was just after the first weekend of the convoy's occupation of parliament hill last week phillips will talk about how we got here why we should not be surprised about current events and whether the mainstream media is up to the task of understanding what the convoy is really about and who's driving it pun intended we will also talk about some of the marquee players in the movement how you can tell the grifters from the true believers and how under the noise, there are some people with real questions that need answers. And finally, we will discuss what happens next, the trouble trying to de-radicalize people and why after all this time, Phillips keeps digging in to the very worst of the internet. So I caught up with Kurt Phillips last week via zoom. So Kurt Phillips, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, for people who may not be aware of your work uh i'm gonna steal from Canada Land. you were on an episode of that podcast hunting nazis online before it was cool and that's how they described you so you know uh perhaps if people are unaware of your work and and how long you've been doing this uh can you just give give people an idea of who kurt phillips is and how he's Sadly, become an expert on all of this.
1: <laughs> well, well, first of all, I don't think any of my students would regard me as particularly cool. Mm. Um <laughs> that said, um, I've been at this in one shape or another probably for close to 26 years. I, I started in university, um, just doing the research and kind of keeping you know abreast of the, the hate groups that existed and any Canadian connections. Uh later on, I kind of uh decide, well, I've got this 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 knowledge and this information I might as well do something with it so uh, initially I um, I was I created a database of, of images of, of individuals and in hate groups um, not long after well I, I, a fair not I guess not too long after that I branched out into the block and uh, I' to often tell people that I am incredibly technologically inept i actually started the first iteration of anti-racist canada on the live journal because that was mm. the only blog i was aware of and per their rules i guess they shut it down uh so i found oh what else can i use oh well i'll try this on this on on, on blogger i guess whatever blogger is um and i and uh, you know i was there for you know more than a decade uh, uh you know close to two thousand articles uh uh, covering, you know, groups as disparate as, uh, you know, neo-Nazis in Calgary, uh, KKK in Saskatchewan, uh, sovereign citizens, uh, you know, and then moving into the, you know, the uh, groups like the Soldiers of Odin and Northern Guard that you know, really came about as a result of, of um, the influx of, of Syrian refugees and and, and um, M-103, which is really an innocuous motion to condemn Islamophobia in all other forms of, of, of racism, mm. uh, which wouldn't have been controversial had it been, and, and rightfully not controversial, had been, you know, Christians, Jews, Sikhs, whatever group. I mean, we should condemn hatred of no matter what. Uh, but, it, you know, the, the far right got a hold of it and claimed, oh, they're trying to prevent us from being critical against Islam. And it got really ugly. And then, of course, the soldiers of Odin came in, which was started by a uh, Finnish neo-Nazi and then the Canadian soldiers vote and tried to say, well, we're not, we're, we're, he, he, that's the founding, that's the founding chapter, but we're not Nazis, except many of them were Nazis. And, um, you know, that, that happened. Um, the <laughs> Yellow Vest movement, um, and then takes us to where we are right now.
0: It's interesting to, to mention um, Bill 103, which, uh, you know, c- came about because of an event that happened in Quebec city in 2017 the fifth anniversary of which as we were saying before we started recording was this past weekend um uh, an anniversary that had to essentially be canceled in ottawa because of sort of the the descendants of of that movement uh mm-hmm. five years ago
1: exactly yeah it's it's uh, uh, one of the things i've observed is that the the people quite often stay the same so the people mm-hmm. who are uh, in the associated with soldiers of Odin or three percenters or whatever, they meld into the yellow vests. The yellow vests now move into the anti-COVID, um, you know, COVID, COVID measures are, are tyranny. Um, after this is over, they'll move on to something else. I mean, the sad reality is that when this is eventually over and will end eventually, um, these people aren't going to go away. They're going to find something else. Um, you know, we've seen a number of them also adopting QAnon conspiracy talking points as well. Uh, some were very much a part of it before, and now some are kind of getting into it. And they, and they vary it, of course. Uh, so it may not be uh, QAnon uh, original or classic QAnon. It might be you know Q, diet QAnon or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but they're, they are they move on to something. There has to be a conspiracy. They have to be up against malevolent forces that uh they are heroically struggling against and uh, there can't be any sense of peace and if there is i mean they lose their raison d'etre
0: right and i think one of the things i've struggled with and and uh, you know going to some of these rallies just here in guelph which aren't as near as large as what's happened in ottawa or even in like other places Mm -hmm. but I have come to see a lot of those people as people. And, you know, I see the language online, like things like COVID idiots and flute trucks, clan and and things. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, some of that is, is fun to vent and, and, and and share some blame of this, but I mean, I'm going to throw this one example at you. I've known this one person for years through an arts organization here, and she's sort of gone down the COVID conspiracy rabbit hole. And somebody pointed out to her, the number of people who are in the, the convoy who identify with anti-Islam anti um, or anti-Semitism, Nazi iconography, Confederate flag iconography. And she basically threw it out that, well, I don't care because they're, they're with me on this. They're with mm-hmm. me on this whole COVID is a conspiracy. This is, you know, wh- whatever, whatever the grand conspiracy is, um, that COVID is leading us to, they agree, this is BS, this is bunk. And mm-hmm. I don't care about the fact that, you know, maybe there's someone out there running around in a cab wearing a Camp Auschwitz sweatshirt or yeah. something.
1: <laughs> yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: um, yeah I mean, we've seen it too. I mean, uh, I think this kind of, well, there's a kind of, it absolutely shows that the the, uh, the power and the misuse of social media as well. When the pandemic started, a lot of us were you know, caught up at home and and what do you do? You don't have a lot of things to do. So you go online and you fall down these rabbit holes and again, the algorithms, uh, oh, you're interested in that? Well, let me show you more of that. So eventually you begin to feel this is the, you, the truth, your truth. Uh, people who maybe suggest, well, no, this isn't true. This is uh, wrong. You, you start to exclude those people from your lives and you include the people who believe what you do. So... Uh, they are convinced that they are the majority. I mean, if you look at the convoy in Ottawa right now, they are absolutely convinced that all Canadians support them. They're mm. convinced that the people of Ottawa support them when <laughs> nothing can be further from the truth. Um, is there support in Ottawa? I'm sure there is. There's certainly among some politicians like Pierre polvar Um uh, there and, and there is support. Uh they also latch on to things. Uh, so they don't believe polls unless the polls support them and usually those polls that right. support them are unscientific so they get a whole bunch of people to go to ctv and, and do their poll so of course yeah 85 percent support the truckers uh and when they show surveys and and polls that show that's not the case well that's fake news because they saw it for themselves because it confirms their bias right um and it's hard to convince them of things that they don't want to believe so Pat King, for example, one of the individuals who's a part of this convoy. In fact, he's basically the de facto leader at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a grifter who uh, was caught lying about his uh, his his amputated leg, uh, and certainly feel for him on that. Uh, but he claimed that if he was an Afghan veteran, um, he got caught in lie. He's never served a day in the military. Um, other things where he's he's calling for acts of violence. He's saying that they're all lies. That the, the, the video was doctored, and of course, we're getting you know you know uh, uh, feedback from his supporters condemning us for for doing this to this good man who's never lied at all. He's he's a you know great human being. We say no, these aren't doctored. This is this is what he said, mm. and I could actually quite literally put the link to his to the to the full video that he has on his on his Facebook page, and say okay. You want context. Here's the context. This is a 45-minute video. Uh, you could listen to the whole thing. The timestamp is 26 minutes or so. That's what he says. You know, see what he says leading up and afterwards. They say, well, it's fake news. That's also fake. How, how can we put a video on his Facebook page? But they don't want to believe uh, the reality of it because it, 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 it shakes their, the reality they've created, kind
0: of the core. But, I mean, that gets to another thing that... Uh people i talk to struggle with particularly people who have friends or family in their lives who have gone down these rabbit holes um the impulse is to sort of cut them out completely mm-hmm. um i'm sort of, of the point of view you don't have to interact with them every day you don't have to you know go to their facebook page or wherever or text them and see what's going on but you do have to ha- leave that sort of lifeline in the water that mm-hmm. if all of a sudden, they realize they're going over the cliff. They can at least hold on to the line. You may not be able to pull them all the way up, but you you keep the lifeline there. Um, but I mean, that's that's kind of the struggle of our times, isn't it? That people can't accept what's obviously in front of them.
1: Right, and 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 I I could hear you on that. I mean, I have people in my life who've gone down that hole as well. I mean, it's it's especially frustrating when. You know, the work I've been doing trying to expose this kind of stuff, uh, you know, even some people who I'm close to and who I love are, are falling into that. Uh, and they're not bigots, not racist, but they, they fall down that high and they start following people who, who are uh, not that they believe that, at least not right now, and hopefully they don't, but it's 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 uh um, you know, again, we talk about it, it's gateway drugs, right? Mm. Um the conspiracy is the great gateway drug, and then it brings you in, well, well, if you believe this, well, you know, how how about the those globalists we're talking about? They're actually Jews. So you know, George Soros, think about all and, and then you know they'll play that up too. Um right. it is a struggle too, because I I I get what you're saying, and I I I I look at these people, and I'm somebody who's uh, I I don't believe anybody is ever truly lost. Very few people age. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um but I also understand that you have to a person has to con- be be aware of their own mental health too. And if you we talk about toxic individuals and unfortunately these people have have taken on an ideology which is really toxic and I understand why people wouldn't want to be exposed to that. Why it's frustrating, why it's exhausting because it is exhausting. If you if you have a dear friend or or loved one or you know family member who you have been trying to get through to constantly, and you're kind of just running up and banging your head against the wall. I can understand why you say, yep, you know, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I tried. I'm exhausted. Oh, I can't do this anymore." The danger of that, of course, is that you know these individuals, and again, that's not a criticism that people are away who say right. you can't. Do it anymore. Uh, but again, one of the dangers too is that uh, that's just a yet another person who's now not providing alternative information you know truthful information and they're they have even more people who uh you know it's just it's just more of an echo chamber at that point uh it's harder to convince a person to not accept something that they've come to believe is such a core part of who they
0: are right and it happens so gradually too and maybe you can talk a bit about sort of how people get radicalized but you know it happens without even knowing because i was like I was putting together some piece for Guelph Politico about the the protests and things that happened on the weekend and that, and that necessitated going to YouTube and looking at different like news clips and looking at like raw video from different places later that night, I go back to YouTube and I'm starting to being fed sort of the pro convoy stuff. And it's not because mm-hmm. I was, I, I don't think I even looked at any of the pro convoy stuff. I was looking at like mainstream news. I was looking at CBC city news these types of things but in a couple of the little squares where it says like videos you can it offers up uh based on your algorithms they're amongst the movie trailers i look at or the um you know the the true crime videos on you know watch mojo i sometimes watch if i need a break uh here is this pro convoy stuff it just it just a little bit a little a little dip in the toe and it, it's, it's, it's there. It's just, it just sort of comes to you.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's, 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 um, it's hard to really narrow it down to one single thing, but you're right. I mean, it, it, it it's not, inno- it, it's, it's, it's insidious really because, mm. uh if let's say i'm a young person who's you know frustrated by something and i i start you know looking at joe rogan for example i mm-hmm. mean you know you know big you know manly man you know man <laughs> stuff uh, that's um, yeah <laughs> But you start looking at that, and then, well, what else? You know, if you like Joe Rogan, you're going to like this person. You like this person, and then you begin. That becomes part. That becomes your world. I mean, well, this this media, the world is telling me this, but the people who I've come to see as kind of heroes and role models, they're telling me this. Um, You know, and and especially if you're young, uh, not even young, but you know, you you begin to believe that's the reality. and it just keeps pushing more. So the further you you go, the more it pushes towards you. Mm. I really think social media, wh- it, social media could have been an incredible tool to unite humanity. Uh, but as it's used and as it's as it's developed, it's become probably one of the most divisive technologies that's ever been created. I mean, I can only imagine what you know. Somebody's saying, "Well, imagine what Hitler would have done with with." The Facebook or with with Instagram or all these other things that you know have 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 really been effective at at, at radicalizing uh, a significant number of, of people, um, and not even through any overt effort in some cases. Um, again, I don't. I, again, you can imagine what I see, right? Because you know, <laughs> I go, I purposely look for these kind of things. So, uh, and I use a sock. I use several sock puppets, actually. So on Facebook, I've got several other, other um, uh, identities that I use to try to do my research. On my real Facebook site, I'm getting a whole bunch of this stuff as well. And if I were somebody inclined, and I again, I'm not superior to anybody. I'm not smarter. I'm not better. Right. Um, I'm just aware of what this is. Uh, if I wasn't, I can't say that I wouldn't have gone down that hole as well. I mean, we all... It, it, these conspiracies provide incredibly simple solutions to often very complex problems and to try to really understand something in reality that takes work. It's complicated. It's, it's sometimes messy, Mm. Um, but here you've got, well, the reason why this is happening is because this, this, this uh, invisible cabal of, you know, globalists, Jews, you know, feminists, whatever the enemy is, uh, they're the ones doing this to you you have an easily identifiable enemy at that time um it's easier to say you know when black and white is so much easier right so good bad evil what have you right uh it's just so much easier than than the the messiness of reality
0: and it begins so simply too because i had somebody say to me um i'm not vaccinated this is what but I'm, I am vaccinated, uh, but this this gentleman said to me, he was, he was a retiree. He says, I'm not vaccinated. I don't trust the government. I don't trust big pharma. And you can't look that guy in the eye and say, no, oh, no, you're wrong to, to not trust the government. You're wrong. Not to trust big pharma. They're, they're nothing, nothing, but good guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, just, it, 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 you know, but I mean, that's how it starts, right? That's yeah. it's, it's just the, the seed of the idea. I can't trust yeah. X. And then that, that's enough to, to let other things grow.
1: Well, I mean, it, it stems from potentially a positive thing. I mean, it's important to question things. You should question authority. I tell my students, you know, just because I say something doesn't make it true either. I mean, you have every right to question what I say. I mean, we all have our, our biases. I, I exclude my whatever. Well, as much as any human can, you exclude your biases from your teaching. Uh, but, you know, the way we... Uh, view the world it's colored through the lens of our, our ideologies so question what i say question what other people say that doesn't mean that you you, you throw the baby with the bath of the water though i mean mm-hmm. questioning like is one thing but also but we're, we're all still still arguing in a world that that exists rather than one that doesn't um we could argue about uh you know quote unquote big pharma i mean and they there are some legitimate criticism i mean the opium yeah. uh, the opium epidemic uh is a large part of their their unrestricted and unmitigated desire for profits over people. Right. Um, That uh, people should question that question and question the goodness of it. Um, So it's hard for me to say, well, you can't question big pharma because you know, blah, blah, blah. No, there are some things that should be questioned and and we should challenge that, but we also should do it from a point of view of, of rationality, uh, not conspiracy. I mean, uh, vaccinations, uh, we've had vaccinations for, what, 150 years in some way, shape, or form, longer than that, perhaps. Um, this is no different than any of them. I mean, they, there's some new technology, the MNRA um, technology that, that's, that's been developed, but um, it's hard to convince people who have been told over and over again, both by influencers like Joe Rogan or uh, uh, Jordan Peterson or mm. whoever it might be, um these people who have whatever you know gravitas that that uh, they're using or misusing um it's hard for them to be convinced that no this is not the thing that is out to get you i mean there are other things we could discuss that are more that are significantly important um, but we have to use discernment as well like use common sense and logic i mean uh, would you also want to believe that again maybe there's something innate in humans that we want to believe conspiracies. We want to believe that there's these forces that exist that uh, are, are, are influencing our lives positively or negatively. I mean, there's a reason why, and again, I'm a history teacher. I I love history and you can't, cannot imagine how frustrated I am to see what history television has turned into Um, (laughs) the fact that ancient aliens, ancient aliens, is the most popular program on that? It. It's what 16th or 17th season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've quite literally thrown things at my television when I passed it by and saw, you know, oh, the obviously aliens did this. No, we, we have anyways, regardless of that. <laughs> uh, but people want to believe that they they love that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember being a kid, I, I, I used to love that stuff too. I didn't necessarily believe it, but I found it fascinating. Um, so I think there's something innate in humans that we 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 want to. We want to believe that there's something out there, something affecting us that is maybe supernatural or something that's uh, uh, you know invisible, um, it would be like a like I said, cabal of cons- of, of of secret uh, a secret government of some sort. Um, because as I said, I mean, to really get down to the problems you know we as a society face. It requires a lot of work and a lot of uh, there's not there there's some there's a lot of shades of gray to it as well.
0: One of the things early in the pandemic, I did I binge watched all the old unsolved mysteries on Prime, like the Robert Stack unsolved. Oh mysteries. yeah, I love those as a kid. Oh, I love them as a kid too, and they're pretty good as an adult. But one of the things I noticed is, um, like there's a conspiracy theory, you know, where you wouldn't think there is any things like like there was an episode that Butch either Butcher Sundance survived their... Sundance,
1: I watched that episode, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, John Wilkes Booth, did he survive? Yep. Uh, Jesse James, did he survive? Billy the Kid, did he survive? And I think it's it's all kind of like from this perspective that, you know, these are legendary figures to an extent. Most of them outlaws, or actually all of them outlaws, but, you know, legendary figures. There's a part of ourselves that can't accept that, you know, Billy the Kid, just walk into a bullet and that yeah. was the end of him.
1: <laughs> well, again, not just them, but also in more modern, you know, Elvis, I mean, how many sure. Elvis sightings are there too, right? I mean, you know, you're right though, because we need to think that if something. So I, 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 will try to explain this best I can from what I saw. It was, an, it was a fascinating uh, discussion about why people can completely accept that a lone gunman tried to kill Ronald Reagan Mm-hmm. but can't accept that a low gunman killed uh you know john uh, john f kennedy mm. um you know the fact that they were successful and the belief that the, the president has got to be protected by so many people only only conspiracy can get him. okay mm. yet the same thing happens Ronald reagan the only difference was he survived but people mm-hmm. say oh yeah some guy obsessed with jody foster of course that makes total sense um because he <laughs> failed had he been successful
0: yeah you know, yeah that's such a great point it does make me curious, though, have you found like maybe a Rosetta Stone? Maybe that's the wrong term. But I mean, one of the things I struggle with covering these things is how do you separate people who are getting up and speaking as true believers in the cause and people who mm-hmm. are have, have found like, as as you said, Pat King is, will attach himself to any grift. And I, I've certainly encountered people here in Guelph who um, seem to be in the business of attaching themselves to whatever whatever fad um, is going on and, and being fa- uh, vaccine hesitant or anti-lockdowns needs to be latest like fad. Are you able to tell the difference?
1: Uh, fairly frequently. I mean, yeah, obviously there, there, there are a number of instances where you may, may or may not be able to tell. But from my experience, it's it's often people in the leadership. I mean, I look at uh, another individual who's very kind of infamous at this point is Chris Sikosia um or as he prefers chris sky mm-hmm. um this is perhaps one of the most obnoxious individuals i've come across and i've been covering people like kevin johnson for a long time so if you could out obnoxious kevin johnson you're kind of in a new level um i i suspect he doesn't believe a word he's saying uh but he's making money off of it i mean he's selling hoodies and t-shirts and and uh you know going on tours across the country and people are paying for this um kevin johnson another individual uh he i i really don't believe he actually believes what he's saying but he knows that people will and these are individuals who have got you know for better or worse they're charismatic and they are able to draw people in pat king incredibly charismatic he's got this kind of big Teddy Bear kind of uh gruff kind of uh personality about him that kind of draws you in and he's he's a big personality. So I understand why people buy it. And again, you want to believe Pat. You hmm. really do want to believe him. So when he tells you something, um you you believe it if if you if you want to believe that. And people who even if they present evidence that confirms that he's not telling the truth about something, many people were rejected outright even when you know, i had one person say well, well this clip's taken out of context okay well here's the full clip here it is well you know who cares about this i mean they'll, they'll move the goalposts to continue to defend the person i mean in some ways it's it's almost cultish they it's, it, they got a cult following mm-hmm. um the other one is uh again uh, and she's it's remarkable actually so um the QAnon queen of canada um mm-hmm. uh, I can never pronounce her name, but unfortunately, I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, she saw what happened to the convoy. She wants in on it now, uh, so mm-hmm. she's got her own convoy making their making its way to uh, Ottawa. At this point, it's it's essentially a an RV uh, with her in it, people driving. But she's being met with followers all the way, like people with flags, and they're bringing their children to her. They really believe that she's basically a, a, a outer planetary entity that's, that's here to bring peace and to, you know, end, end uh, whatever it might be. Um, (laughs) uh, Again, I, I, I don't mean to be dismissive of it, but some of these with her, I mean, the conspiracy has, has, has branched out into so much that, you know, at first she was, she was um, uh, working with Donald Trump. Now she appointed Donald Trump and she's the real power, not just in Canada, but around the world. Um, She uses these filters that, uh, you know, change her eyes and people believe that she's a shapeshifter. Like, no, it's a filter on Instagram, man. Like, but people don't want to believe that even if you showed it to them, they won't believe it. Uh, again, it's, 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 it's sadly very cult-like. People have come to believe this, come to accept this as their truth. And uh,
0: you're a heretic for, for interfering in that truth. But even at that, I was at a, one of these gatherings a couple of weekends ago. And uh, I don't know if you know Suzanne Coles. If you recognize that name, she's kind of an Ontario figure. But she gets up and she says, "Oh, by the way, don't listen to this Queen Romana person. She's not the Queen of Canada. There's only one Queen of Canada, and that's Elizabeth." And um, there was somebody at the at the rally who, like, almost got up to her face. I mean, they were still observing social distancing, which I guess was nice. But you know, got up there and like kissed them. It's like, that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, no. Queen Romana is real, but it was fascinating to watch. this like momentary schism where some truth was getting in at, I mean, what is essentially a kind of a no truth zone in some respects, but here's this one area where one person is saying, no, here's a conspiracy. That's wrong. This thing about Mm -hmm. Queen Romana, but there are believers in the crowd too, because there were more than a couple of people who didn't know what to do with that Mm -hmm. in the crowd. So
1: it's interesting too, because uh, one of the issues is that we have, these, 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 these people who are in positions—I guess you could say—of leadership—they're also very jealous of their leadership. They, they, mm. they want to make sure that they have their, their people, and and they will have. They often have no problem, you know, throwing those that they don't agree with under the—or not agree with—but who they view as kind of challengers to them and and their popularity under the bus. I mean, uh, Ramona, she uh, is now going after the racist Canada First led by uh tyler russell uh not because he's a racist necessarily but because she's the real canada first and these people are imposters um uh again same thing chris Sicosia too i mean he uh went went after the uh you know bernier and hillier and uh uh, mark friesen uh mostly and, and actually solely because he couldn't monopolize a rally. He wanted to be the, s- the big speaker. And when they, they, they wouldn't let him, he actually had a hissy fit, you know, in some cases took it over. And, and when he was done, he pulled the plug, literally pulled the plug on the sound system. So other people couldn't speak and mm-hmm. then went out of his way to get his people to basically to sick, his people on, on, on the PPC and, and people related to that. Um, I mean, they, they've got incredibly thin skins and, and they're incredibly jealous too. anybody who might, you know, you know, want to, uh, or might have pretenses to be, you know, in their position. Uh, Chris Sicosia, he's coming to Ottawa too. He's not going to Ottawa because he truly believes in what they're doing, but that's where the, that's is where the intention
0: is. That's where the intention is. Yeah. There are a couple of questions I want to get to specifically. And, uh, first of all, because you've been on this for so long, in terms of the neo nazi movement themselves is it that i guess the way the the, the way i want to put it is is are are they just like really emboldened now like it's okay to be this far out in the open um or i guess the other way to look at this is is this a growing movement people who are openly embracing nazi ideology and and nazi icons or are we just paying more attention now oh all
1: of that <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> So one thing I'd note is that, you know, when I first started, like the traditional neo-Nazi was very almost stereotypical, right? They were Mm. shaved heads, and I say that as a man with a shaved head myself. Um, Doc Martin's leather jack bomber jackets, um, overt displays of bigotry seek hailing. We don't see that as much anymore. There's more of the kind of like the ironic uh neo-Nazi, the you know, the people who uh, Will put out these memes and say, oh, don't take it serious. We're just we're just joking. Uh, but of course, it's a means to draw people in. Um, I think of groups like you know, Canada First, as an example of that, or uh Diagon or you know, other groups that that really kind of have this anti-Semitic, um, you know, nationalistic viewpoint, um, but they do so with with humor and, and irony. Um, you know, they convince people that they're being ironic, but they're not really being ironic. They mean this. I mean. When they put out a, a picture saying uh, a meme with uh, two women saying, "Oh, so you're you're telling me the the man with the cute little mustache was right?" And of course, there's mm. that oh, you have the face of the the manly man looking at me. Yes, um, they put that out, and you, you, you argue with it, like, "Oh, these were just being ironic. It's just it's just funny. Like, why take it so seriously?" Right. Same thing with the uh, you know uh, it's okay to be white uh, campaign that occurred. Uh, the argument is, well, hockey, isn't it okay to be white? Is it, I mean, if you're arguing with that, you must, you must be opposed. You must be anti-white. Again, that's all an effort to try to draw people into this argument that uh, they think can't be won by, quote, put, the other side. Um, so I think that we're seeing a different type of that. We're not seeing at least as much as we did in the past. They still exist, but they're not as overt. Uh, we don't see the the traditional, you know, Again, I, I hate using the term "skinhead" because mm. you know that has an actual meaning in in in, in you know that kind of culture. Um, you know, I usually when I was doing the blog, I said "boneheads." Um, Fair, but we we see these individuals not as much. They still exist, but they're 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 kind of in the periphery at this point. Uh, the real concern would be groups like you know I said Canada First or Diagonal or. Um, Uh, you know, ID Canada when it existed, although it's kind of, you know, you know, we had a, 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 one of our journalists infiltrated it. And, you know, when that article came out, uh, no more Canada for, or no more uh, ID Canada. Funny that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, they still exist. These are still people who are around. Um, They also do things a lot more secretly. So when I first started, had a group like the Aryan Guard, which eventually became blood and honor in Calgary. They were notorious for having these, 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 uh, marches on, uh, on uh, that they refer to as White Pride Day. Mm. Uh, it was always done on or near the International Day for the Elimination of Racism. Again, you know, very in-your-face about this. Um, and they, they, they marched and they had their flags and it resulted in a big exchange. Usually they were outnumbered significantly. I think the last one of the last ones they did, or actually the second one they did, I think there was something like 80 of them, which was 80 too many, uh, and there were like five or 600 counter protesters. I mean, it was loud. It was raucous. It was, but they liked that. I mean, that's how they, that's how they, they, they worked. Uh, now people are doing things under the cover of darkness. So a group like folks front, for example, not folks front, but folks front or the focus uh, focus movement. Um, they go in the dead of night and they flyer and, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, and things like uh, you know, demographics are his destiny or something to that effect. Mm. Uh, doing banner drops, um, but hiding their identity and 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 trying to again radicalize people this way. See, so, so on these posters, here's the uh, you know QR code. You know, scan that, come to our website, see the truth about who's controlling your life.
0: I guess the other part of this too is how many because you kind of can't I, can't identify a nazi on site anymore i guess um how much of this like there were a lot of signs in ottawa um one of them was, was this cardboard sign that said assassinate trudeau or replace the s's with the the ss thunderbolts mm-hmm. that seemed like a troll to me and i guess how many of these people are like nazi kind of true believers in like the whole third reich thing and how many people are like i'm gonna draw swastika on the flag and that's gonna freak out the the libs or whatever
1: well i I think there's a part of that certainly i mean i look at the flag there and i I don't doubt there's a bit of again trolling but i also probably also suggest the person was very much a believer as well now Mm. a lot of people like for example in this case uh there's a the uh, it's funny because well not funny um (laughs) it's a lot of the nazi iconography is being used uh, to suggest that this government is, is or Nazi. So the swastics on the flag were probably there uh, by, and put there by somebody who was saying, well, the Canada has become Nazi, uh, a Nazi government because they're, you know, making me wear a mask. Mm. Um, the, th- the SS bolts there might be the same thing. Look at the, look at the, these Nazis in the government are doing, uh, you know, Calgary, We've got a guy named Artur Pawlowski, who's a preacher, uh, street preacher, who continuously refers to AHS and and the uh, and and the government as Nazis, Nazi communists, which is an interesting combination. Um, uh, again, this kind of dehumanizing language. I mean, uh, uh, us against them. The irony being is that in the case of Artur Pawlowski, you know, back in 2017, he shared the stage with people who were really supporting that kind of ideology, virulent anti-Semites and, and anti not just anti-immigration, but also anti like they were, they were outright racists. Um, And he shared the stage with people and was giving a speech quite literally beside a person saying no more third world riffraff. Mm -hmm. Um, So they know, I think the power of that, that iconography, they know how, how, how people respond to it and they do so, purposely Hmm.
0: commie nazis was a thing on the simpsons and one of those McBain movies i'll just say but um not so much in real life uh the other thing i'm curious about to get your thoughts on uh, you know this movement has probably gotten more attention in the last week Uh, you know we're recording on tuesday after the the weekend um in the last five days or even in the, the week leading up to it uh all eyes have been on this um However, uh, I don't know if you saw there any clips from the press conference with Justin Trudeau on Monday, um, because a lot of those questions from people in like the Canadian press and the, the, the parliamentary like press gallery were kind of concerning things about like, well, won't you meet with the truckers and and this mm-hmm. sort of thing? So I guess my my concern is, are the the mainstream media up to the moment like, you know, do, they haven't been. Tunneling into this for years, like you have, or people like Evan Belgard have, or Peter Smith at, at Anti Hate Canada, it, it you know this kind of has become just part of the other part of the regular news cycle. And are they understanding what's going on even half as much as you are?
1: So I think we got a few things at play. First of all, um, I think the media in general is doing a better job—not mm. a great job, but a better job. When I first started the blog. Um, I was in touch with with young journalists who were very much interested in covering the things I was covering, but they were often uh, they were often told by their editors, "Well, Canada is not a racist country. Nobody's going to be interested in this. It's just fringe." Mm. Um, and of course, those fringes eventually became you know grew and metastasized, became cancer. Sorry, I can't even speak today. Um, <laughs> Uh, but they, it became cancerous, right? And we see the growth. So now these 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 uh, news you know uh, organizations are are trying to play catch up. Uh, I think there's still also a tendency to think, well, everything could be solved through negotiations and and and, and diplomacy. Um, I think mean, this. I mean, this is a country that emerged through negotiations on in in, in the back rooms. Well, you know, you know, the bars essentially, if you're John mm. McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So we have this tendency to think that, well, we're Canadians, we're going to just talk this out. So just talk to them and then we can reason with them. Well, I mean, if you look at their demands, some of their demands are, uh, we demand that you resign and we could put you on trial for treason and execute you. There's mm. not much really room for negotiation there.
0: No.
1: Um, second of all, they're, they're all over the map. They want, uh, restrictions and mandates removed when, you know, and they're, they're the federal government for things that are being done provincially. um, Many of them are subscribing to sovereign citizen ideology. I mean, the idea, and this is kind of sovereign citizen light, but that uh, memorandum of understanding, they're going to get the Senate to, they think they're going to get the Senate to sign so that it will dissolve the government, get rid of all mandates and the government, the government, governor general, and people from this group will will become the new government of Canada. Um, they have very little understanding about how actual government works. Mm. So how do you negotiate with somebody Who and and who do you negotiate with? I mean, how many groups are there in Ottawa that have various, very different agendas? Um, So even if you were were willing to negotiate or not negotiate, but uh, to meet, sit down and meet with them, who do you meet with? Who and and what do you discuss? And how do you, you know, debate or not debate, but how do you come to some sort of consensus when uh, their demand is we want you dead?
0: Mm. Mm hmm. I guess that's maybe a matter of how seriously people are, are people taking the rhetoric too. that. I mean, it's, you know, say just like pejoratively, like I'm going to kill that guy, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I, is that kind of like the level some people are thinking on? Like they don't literally want Justin Trudeau dead. They're just really super duper mad at him. But I mean, that's kind of the way this is being phrased too, that this is kind of an expression of, I guess pandemic anxiety. You know, we had economic anxiety in the United States when Barack Obama was elected. Now we have pandemic anxiety with these e- expressions of you know incredibly corrosive ideologies. Um, you know, it, it feels like we're sometimes looking for a way to explain it away. I guess in covering this,
1: well, I, again, I we. We look at this and yeah, I, people blow off steam. People get angry and they say things that are intemperate sometimes. I mean, mm. I have, I'm sure you have,
0: mm. we
1: we we do. I mean, it's just the nature of it. But when you're in an ecosystem where this is the norm, this is the language that you just use, we're beyond intemperate language. Um, and it only takes one individual. So we go back a few years, there was a big, well, biggish rally. And by the way, these these rallies are always exaggerate in terms of the numbers. So yeah um I've heard the rally in Ottawa uh, uh you know if you're talking to the the people involved in it they're saying that there's between you know the low estimate of five hundred thousand people and as many as two point three million people were there and two hundred thousand trucks, which no, there weren't. Um <laughs> it's it's very much Trump like, right? So this is the biggest inauguration in history period. Mm. Um, and evidence be damned, um, but it, like I said, only takes one. So in Ottawa, there was a there was a, a rally again. Claimed there are a hundred thousand people here. There were maybe three thousand people. Mm. Um, they were going to, uh, you know, serve Justin Trudeau a class action lawsuit t- to you know try him for treason or something along that. Uh, it was another GoFundMe. So the person raised well over a hundred thousand in this GoFundMe campaign. Um, there was the potential for violence at that time because there were a lot of people there that were very angry and said, really, you know, we're going gonna to kill Trudeau. And there's another group that actually stayed behind. They parked, uh, they parked themselves near the war memorial for for the better part of like two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of the majority of them, nobody physically did anything. But the next day, we had Corey Heron who drove his truck through the gates of Rita Hall with a weapon looking for Trudeau. It only takes one person uh, to buy into this rhetoric. So same thing internationally, Uh, the great replacement theory, right? The idea that uh, there's a concerted effort to replace white people with more compliant uh, and more Brown uh, people. Um, And people who buy into that, most of them aren't going to do what the, and I, I will not repeat the man's name. He doesn't deserve to be named. Uh, they won't do what was done in, in, in Christchurch, uh, but what happens when you get a person who really buys into this ideology and does it? Uh, same thing in Norway with uh, the massacre of, you know, what, 70, 80 people uh, by a person who was who was was basically radicalized about uh, immigration and, and anti-immigration sentiments, um, Again, my concern isn't necessarily with everyone. It's with the one person who Mm -hmm. is so Mm -hmm. radicalized that they think, well, if vaccines are killing children, uh, I need to save them.
0: Right. Speaking of the one person, I'll wrap up with this. Uh, How are you doing? Because, I mean, this is something you, you know, granted you are a a teacher by trade, so I'm sure that uh, dealing with kids on a daily basis sort of, Uh, gives you some grounding and positive energy and and hopefulness of the future. But I mean, then you come home and you start scouring the internet for the worst of humanity. So how, how, how how are you coping?
1: Um, interesting. So I, I'm going to say, I used to be kind of arrogant about this because when I first started the blog and even before then I thought it was untouchable, right? I could, I could view this from a, uh, academic point of view and separate uh the really vile ugliness from me and it wasn't going to affect me um by 2015 i came to realize no it, it's affecting me you 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 have nightmares at night you, you 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 know you you gets you know anxiety uh so yeah it does affect a person and i think it should affect people um now, how I cope with it, uh, you know, uh, well, first of all, I think in retrospect, one of the things that caused me the most stress was I was doing it anonymously for so many years. Mm. And as much as it was stressful to have been doxxed, in the long run, that might have been a good thing, like for me, in any case. Um, and I could say that because, well, I will say that because, I mean, I, I, I had the, the, the death threats and all that kind of stuff. But again, you look at me, I'm, I'm not a racialized person. I'm not a, a woman. I'm not the usual target for these people. So right. my hell was basically two weeks. And then I had a stalker for a few, for about a year after that, uh, not long after that. So I could say that if i if I were a woman or a marginalized person, uh, I'm sure I would be, would have gotten it far worse. Um, but in the end, it may have helped me because I was able to not have to hide that part of my identity in my life. Now, I don't, of course, talk about this in school in my class. I uh, wouldn't do that. Um, I, I really do believe in the importance of, of separating this work from that. But again, I've told people like, you know, you don't have to be uh, dogmatic to be opposed to racism. You could be a person on the political left, a person on the political right. You, you know, the idea of being an anti fascist shouldn't be. Uh, controversial. That should be a default position for a decent human being. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of the other issues too, is that I, or not issues, but one of the other coping mechanisms is, is I have friends now that I could talk to about this, that I can uh, vent, that I can work with. Um, so that has helped me. I mean, it, it's still not easy. Um, there are still things that shock me. I think one of the things that really blew me away was the uh the fact that they stole from a soup kitchen
0: <laughs> um
1: i was I, I thought about that for for hours i was so upset by that like how are you so callous? and then later on the denial that it happened and that no, it was antifa that did it because antifa's got to be the big boogeyman that did everything right. um on that note it's it's amazing how this happening um you know, they were celebrating with fireworks. Now that they find out people weren't liking the fireworks, oh, it was Antifa was firing off the fireworks. Uh, in the case of the Terry Fox statue, uh, uh, they did an interview, I think it was, I think it might have been CTV did an interview with a person who, on the one instance, claimed, oh, it was definitely Antifa that did it. We didn't do that. But then two minutes later, forgot about what he said and talked about how wonderful it was to have put a Canadian flag on on the, uh, on them. The, the, people shouldn't complain about That's a good thing. So... Mm. Uh, yeah. So we, we see that, but in terms of myself, yeah, I, 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 make a point of making sure I've got a social network that, uh, helps keep me on level. Um, but isn't always easy. Like I said, between 2015 and I'd say relatively recently, and that's my phone. Um, uh, <laughs>
0: somebody checking in on
1: you, <laughs> Somebody checking in on me, perhaps. Yeah. Anyways. Um, again, keeping me on level, making sure that I, 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 I maintain some sense of self as well. Um, uh, it's funny because my students have often described me as cynical, but I'm an optimistic cynic.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Like I generally see, and I think this has also helped me. I generally think that people are good. Um, people might be misguided. They might be lost sometimes, but I don't think anybody is truly ever lost. Uh, even those instances where a person is, like as you t- said, talk gone down a rabbit hole. Um, I always hold out hope for the vast majority of those people. I, I, there are very few people I think are, are write-offs. Um, and I think that helps me as well.
0: I don't know how we ended on a hopeful note, but I'm glad we did. But uh, Kurt Phillips, uh, I appreciate everything you do. And I know there are a lot of people that feel the same. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can chat about puppies sometime and... Uh... <laughs> Otherwise, I'll let you go for tonight. Thank I've you so much. I've always said that
1: I, I, I would really much rather turn, uh, first of all, the blog and then my Twitter uh, Twitter account into either a beer or port appreciation uh, uh, journal where I kind of grade ports or beers on a scale of one to five and I show pictures of me going to microbreweries.
0: Um, that,
1: that day may come eventually. All right, we'll call
0: that a long-term goal. Yes. <laughs> all right, thanks, Kurt. Thank you for having me. And once again, that was Kurt Phillips. You can follow Phillips at ARC Collective on Twitter and to get up to date coverage and insight about the Freedom Convoy from his unique perspective. You can also see insight and analysis from Canada's far right movement at the Canadian Anti Hate Network, at antihate.ca or at anti hateca on Twitter. Another good resource for all of this that's happening is previous Politicast guest Dan Colin, and he is actually on the ground in Ottawa, so you can find his reporting at at spineless, L, on Twitter. That is the word spineless and the letter L on Twitter. And that is it for this episode of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale, the Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, out of the University of Guelph. And to learn more about CFRU, go to cfru.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on the Facebook. You can follow me at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram. Send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. And if you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out GuelphPolitico.ca, where we will have a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we shall see you next time.